Hey up. Hello, who are you? Hey, oh, 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 just come out the mine. Come out mine? Yeah, I've been down in ground. Are you, mining are you, for coal. Are you are you from Yorkshire? Yeah, from Yorkshire. Ah. Looking forward to a nice place of rhubarb tonight. I'm in the rhubarb triangle, me. Yeah, you, you absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Do you like rhubarb? Love a bit of rhubarb. What's your name? I like to force it. <laughs> you like to force it. Force rhubarb, delicious. Um, well, you've come into the science shed by you mistake. You asked me my name, I'm Cyril. Oh, Cyril. Oh, yeah. Nice to meet you, Cyril. Uh, welcome to the science shed. It's What's the bloody science shed well, when it's at all there? Well, you're not in the mine. You've actually walked into not a... Not in mine? Not in mine. You've come into a... Uh, well, I didn't expect to be in bloody mine, didn't I? We'll have to... Do brass band layers tonight. The trouble with people from Yorkshire is you just can't get a word in edgeways. I've come in shed. What what bloody hell is going on in shed? Well, um, the uh, science shed is a a, a pod- science podcast that comes out every two weeks. What the bloody hell is a podcast? It's something from the future, I'm sure, to you. Um, it's got two university academics in it. Um, university. <laughs> don't don't hold with that business. University of life. Too much thinking, not enough doing. Yeah, well, there's two of us. There's um uh um me. I'm Steve Lee. I'm a, a uh, academic from the University of Cambridge. You sound like one of them posh types from yeah. down London where you do. <laughs> exactly. But don't worry. I don't like your beard. Real <laughs> men used to have proper beards. You got one of these bloody stupid beards. Um, yeah, sorry, but the other person's a Brummy, so I don't know how you heard about Brummies. Well, they're neither in or there, are they? They don't really care. From in the middle, aren't they? They're not northern, they're not so- southerners, are they? Um, either. So they're hated, they're hated by both. Yeah, don't like them. I tell you what, would you like to listen to it? See, and then you can make your make your mind up about how much you hate us. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll sit back and I'll have a listen, but I'm not promising I'm going to like it. Okay, I'll do my best. Bring it on then, come on. Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why Do We Need, Petrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting. So Steve, I bought, um, put your coffee downstairs. Well, I was down there in Guy's. Guy's Hospital. We're in Guy's we're all, Hospital. We're all the way on the 28th floor. This is probably our, this is our home away from home, isn't it? It is. It's like a, it's like a second home. It's kind of like Wembley for Tottenham Hotspur at the moment, if any of you are interested in football, which I know you're not, Steve. No, kicksport. But anyway, I it's d- a beautiful I did a view quiz. up here I did, on the like 28th floor. I did a pub quiz the other day, which we won, and I got a football question right. What was the question? It was not really a football question, that's Come why I got it right. It was, uh, name a English football club that uh, doesn't contain the letters in the word mackerel. Mackerel? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, 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 this doesn't make a very good podcasting. Um, Hull City. <laughs> Hull City. No. Uh, it's got L in it. Um, I tell you we'll what, come back to We'll that come back to this and I'll, and I'll reveal the answer later on. It's like a but countdown you've distracted me conundrum. now, so I'm not going to be able to concentrate on anything I say because I'm <laughs> constantly going to have to do it. Yeah, so if the there's rest of the podcast <laughs> is awful, listeners, it's there's there's a, Nick's thinking at the back of his head how to spell mackerel. I like it. There's another good one that I've done. There. there are four football teams in the English and Scottish leagues with the letters A, B, C, D and E. In, in order? It. No, or just in no, any. in any order. There's only four of them. But anyway, that's another one. All right. Come so back we can to. we can uh, reveal that at the end. I think I'll have to look it up. To <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I came down. Um, yeah, it was nice to uh, to get to guys and mate. I got you a coffee and I bumped, bumped into an old uh, mate of mine downstairs. Oh, right. Gav Gel. Gav. 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 My, my my friend Gav. So Gav and I were were working together as postdocs. Right. Um, back in the uh, the mid noughties mid to right. late noughties in Imperial College, but he now is a lecturer, a senior lecturer at UCL. Right, he works in a similar area to me, but he's he's got involved in this thing called Surgeon X. 
Surgeon X sounds like um uh sounds like a post apocalyptic uh like uh class like race. You know what? You you're very close <laughs> to the truth. So I hadn't I knew I knew because I never seen, had what is Surgeon X? Tell me about Surgeon so X. So I knew you'd been involved in it because I'd seen a couple of things on the interweb and um basically he's like a scientific advisor <laughs> for a comic book. It's a it's a graphic novel. Oh right. Um that someone's made, which is about um, set against the backdrop of an antibiotic apocalypse. Oh, so I'm, man, I'm good. Well, what that says is they've named they named it really well because I just I got it directly from the name. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's very good. Um, you know, so, ga- so Gav gets paid to like turn up and, and talk wanky things about science. Yeah, and then in near future London, Rosa Scott, a brilliant obsessive surgeon, becomes Surgeon X, a vigilante doctor who uses experimental surgery and black market drugs to treat patients. Surgeon what? X risks everything to save lives, but ultimately ends up warping her medical oath to suit her own decisions. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so he advises on that. So I don't really yeah, how know. Do we, how do we, like, we just get up, we meet up and talk about, like, like bumbling science, but we don't get paid. How do we, how do we, how do we get on this sweet deal? We have to be successful, Steve. Ah, bollocks. By the way, I don't think Gav's paid for that. Oh, is he not? No. Oh, okay. It's a comic book, isn't it? I mean... Don't like underestimate the the, the, well, the suppose, comic reading yeah, public. You're right, you're right. All you need is an audience, Nick. All you need is an audience. The fat bloke on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. that's what I saw as I came in, and now we're here, and I reckon we should talk a bit about science. Nick, what? So last weekend, yeah, I was um, I was going to see Mr. Lee. We're going for dinner. Who's he? My father. Oh right, okay. And uh, so I was going about my day on the Saturday. And I got it was just, you know, as you do. Saturday it was nice, like had a bit of a lie in. Chilling. Chilling. Bit you know, of football focus. No football focus for me. No. <laughs> uh I was like listening to a bit of music, doing something. You know, I had that kind of weird like and then felt something a bit strange in my mouth. You know, something kind of like if I was just like, oh that's a bit unusual. So weird thing in your mouth. Yeah, I was like, what's going on there? Went in. One of my um I've got a crown. Uh, one of my on the back of one of my teeth. Oh right, okay. Crown, of not a regal crown. No, 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 no. Okay, no. That I thought I was going to find something interesting out for a second. <laughs> I just sat at home Royal in my family. pants on a Saturday wearing a crown. <laughs> you know, I've got a crown. <laughs> but a funny taste, mate. I had been licking it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got a dental crown. All oh, right, okay. Um. Anyway, uh, crown come loose. I was like, oh no, it's really that kind of dread feeling oh, you I get because you don't want to like go to the dentist, do you? It's exactly. Just it's just like, like oh god. Anyway. I'm glad I haven't got a crown. Anyway, I was like, okay, I need to uh, sort that out. So I rang up the dentist, never been to around the corner, said, got a um, crown's come off, crown's come off, you can put it back on. And they're like, yep, no problem. Half an hour later, went in, it's all a bit scuzzy, but um, saw me straight away. 20 quid later, half an hour later, I was back ready to go, right? Right. which I think was amazing from the NHS. That dental, is incredible. Like, you know, like, it's just like, you know, customer service is a bit crap, but... <laughs> Got in, got out, half hour done. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was like, I wonder what, um, wonder what, uh, like the 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 chemistry of like the the cement that holds on your your your, your dental crown is. This is the type of thing I think about as a chemist. Yeah, I don't think I think that's reasonable, man. So especially if it's floating around in your mouth. Do you know? Do you know what it is? It's really. In- it's actually quite interesting. Um. Okay. It's probably some kind of like um, I don't know, calcium sulfate. It's a combination of zinc oxide, right? Right. So do you know, do you know what zinc oxide is used for? 
it's basically used for everything zinc oxide it's a bit one of those wonder materials right so it's an insoluble like white powder zinc oxide but you use it in plastic ceramics glass cement lubricants paints treatments sealants pigments food batteries fire retardants first aid tapes it's used all over the place right yeah um, also, God, I was wondering how long you're going to go on. Yeah, for I know it's amazing, isn't it? Right? Also used in like liquid. It's also a uh, an N-doped uh, semiconductor, so you can use it in like things like uh, TV screens and, and electronics, right? Anyway, if you mix it with a bit of eugenol and olive oil, bit of what? Eugenol, which what? is the you know when you smell um, cloves, you know that kind of yeah. Uh, you know sometimes if you, there's that old rem- old wise remedy for toothache is, is clove oil. No. Okay. Well, it is. <laughs> so what's eugenol? Eugenol. So if you take cloves and boil them up, there's a kind of oily substance that comes out of it. Right, okay. And, and, that and they whack that in it. Though, they whack that in there. Bit of olive oil. That's a bit ill-defined, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> well, I'm sure it's a bit more, uh, there's a bit more of a stringent formulation than what I'm suggesting. But that and zinc oxide, so stuff that you would use like in paint, and they just waz it in. And the way it works, right, is it doesn't actually chemically bond the um, uh, crown to your tooth. Yeah. The, you know, well, what it does is it's one of these interesting materials that when you compress it, um, it expands. Right. So basically, this it, it's it's under stress. So under so stress, your, cra- your so tooth and your crown are under pre-stress. They're not until until you until you until you clamp down. So they're under a partial bit of stress, and there is some level of adhesion, but that's not the predominant mode of action. What happens is when you when you use it to to chew to masticate, what you're doing is you're compressing it, which means that it, ex- it expands and holds on to the crown even more strongly. Bloody hell. Isn't that weird? That is weird. So you wouldn't think, you think it would just be like, I don't know, super glue or something that's actually trying to stick one to the other, but it actually doesn't Why doesn't like it fall off then? Well it, well, it doesn't because there is some adhesive properties, but basically the, the only time... So oh, when so it is sticky? A little bit <laughs> sticky, but it's not, but that's not the... <laughs> that's not why it that's, sticks. That's not why it stays there for 20 years or whatever. The reason oh it stays in 20 years is because when you compress it, it expands and holds on to the, the crown I more strongly. I think that would freak me out if I had a crown, because I'd be constantly <laughs> thinking... I haven't put any pressure on that for a while. <laughs> I need to exert some pressure on my crown, otherwise it's going to pop yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. But then I started getting into. I went again. I went down a bit of a science rabbit hole, and I was looking at like fillings, right? Do you know? You know what? There's white fillings and there's uh, amalgam fillings that contain yeah. a mixture of mercury and other yeah. uh, metals. Do you know what um, white fillings are made of? I don't actually. So all it is is polymethylmethacrylate, yeah. which is just a very common plastic. PMA. Um, or it can be sometimes uh, cross-linked uh, polyethylene, so the same stuff you make your plastic bags out of. Really? Yeah, and glass fibre, and that's it. So you just grind up some bits of glass, some glass wool, heat some, some plastic, plastic, and waz it in. So it's kind of like, it's almost a bit like, you know, your carbon fibre bike. Exactly. You know, it's like fibres of something with a, pl- yeah. Yeah, but it's not so in that there, they're all aligned, the fibres. Here, they're just all over the Random. place. You just, you just dump it in. And that's what gives it its abrasiveness. That's what makes it last is the bits of glass in it. It's weird to think about, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's a, glass a bit weird. It's a bit freaky, yeah. I don't yeah. like the sound of that either. I've got one of them. Just a white filling. I've got a white filling. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had a filling for years and years and years. I don't think since I was a teenager, but right. I've definitely got a couple of them puppies. Yeah, so that was um, so a kind of interesting bit of chemistry there. So it's, it's zinc. They also use zinc phosphate, which is like a, the newer version of it rather than zinc oxide. But it's amazing, isn't it? I think the stuff that they put in, um, you know, Fire retardants is the same. So a bit of that with a bit of glass and some plastic yeah. just wazzed in your mouth. God. Well, I uh, don't think I want a filling anymore. <laughs> so, Steve, tell me about your thing tomorrow night. What thing? You're doing some kind of slapdown. Oh. Tell me about this. So, I only, so, listeners, I only found out about this yesterday. So, um, yeah. we, we met 
earlier in the year we met a guy called Steve Cross who is the guy who set up Science Show Off which is a place where you can do stand-up comedy in front of other people that's science that's correct and we tried to do a swap cast with him because he's got a cool podcast called Masterpiece, uh, Masterpiece Bookshop. Bookshop is it still going Masterpiece I'm Bookshop? not sure I haven't listened to it for no. a while it's a great podcast anyway we were featured on it and then we enjoyed doing it um, but basically um, Steve is involved in some uh, comedy show where he has to um, try and um, promote a particular <laughs> year and beat some other people who are not scientists in other fields yeah. by saying something about a year. So you're looking forward so to that, Steve. Have you prepared for it? Not at all, no. <laughs> That's I'm kind of bricking it, Nick. Um, How long do you have to talk for? 15 minutes. Ah, you'd be fine. Yeah. So so I think basically the idea is is that it's not necessarily comedy. It's just You just have to be interesting, I think, more than, than funny. But funny would help. Please um, be funny, Steve. <laughs> 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 is it live stream? I, don't, I think it might be podcast. If you're actually. not funny, you'll lose. Okay, well, okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> I looked at the other people. They look pretty funny, do uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fair yeah. play to you for doing that. No, right. it's, um, I've been asked to do um, Science Show Up in, in, in Southampton. Yeah. My colleague, uh, Dave Christensen, he runs Science Show Up. They do it in pubs in Southampton. He's given a basket me now because I'm too frightened. Uh, yeah, so I, I turned him down a couple of times. What we've got to do, it's, it's called History Showdown or History Smashdown or something. And the idea of it is that you have to basically argue for a specific year um, in um, of why that year is important. And then the audience votes on it. And then whoever wins is the supreme ruler of the universe. So oh, you'll be really upset if you lose, Steve. I hate like. losing. <laughs> I'm quite competitive about these things. So, yeah, I think I'll be late up late in the night thinking about what I'm going to do. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. I think I... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't envy you, Steve. <laughs> Good luck with it, though. I'm sure you'll get a sense of warm satisfaction afterwards. <laughs> Nick's like, oh, my God, I would hate to do that. That's awful. Anyway, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I think not worry. I think not because you've we've talked about it so many times. Because I think f from what I yeah. tweeted me that you're going to do when Newton discovered that. Life. I'm not. What are you doing then? I'm not. I'm not. You have to come and see. Can you not give me a hint? No. Well, I can't come and see you because I'm, I'm at work tomorrow, All right. and well. I only found out yesterday. Okay. Because you didn't tell me. <laughs> So I think you owe it to me to tell me, give me some hint about what happened in 1674. Well, well, I'm partially saying that because I can't, haven't completely decided what I'm going to talk about. So you're not going to do 1674? I'm not, not going to do, do Newton, no. What are you going to do then? Um, I think I'm going to do, I don't know, well, well, I tell you what, why don't we have a follow-up on telling you how Afterwards. bad it went? <laughs> okay, that's And how great. much I died. So in fact, well, we should record it so you can just hear all the tumbleweeds as everyone, no one laughs at any of Can't wait. Jokes. I think sometimes they put, they put the science show of things on YouTube often. Yeah, thanks, Nick. So, um, <laughs> fingers so, crossed. So, so if so, if it doesn't go wrong, my, only my great 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 grandson will be able to. It will be preserved forever. Well, by the time this posterity. podcast goes out, Steve, as well, you will have done it. That's true. So, um, people well, will be sitting there going, <laughs> "They don't know yet what happened <laughs> on on Wednesday, the fifteenth of November." The great yeah, humiliation of Steve. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, if you don't try these things, you don't know, do you? You've I got think to push you're absolutely yourself. right. You, you, do, yourself. You, you have to go out your comfort zone to achieve anything, Steve. Actually, speaking of which, uh, so a colleague of mine that I haven't spoken to in ages. Uh, well, actually, she was a she was an undergraduate when I was doing my PhD. She just listened to our podcast and she contacted me because she wants to start her own one. Oh, right, okay. And so I gave gave her some advice about it, and you know, I was kind of talking about our experience in doing it, 
And yeah, you just got to have a go for these things, don't you? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. then you end up having a. You might end up having a something as successful as the science shed, Nick. Maybe you work hard. Example of why not to bother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't care. Yeah. I enjoy doing it anyway. It doesn't matter. What doesn't matter. Do. Don't matter. Don't care what you think. Bye. Mm. <sighs> Steve, I'm pissed off. What you? How oh, I like it. What's annoying, Nick? <laughs> I've got to boot my computer up to so I can get to my maximum annoyed. Okay. So you may have seen a story. Oh, he's annoyed news- already. I like it. You may have seen a story in the newspaper recently yeah. about um, it was about alcohol and how alcohol affects your moods. And uh, no, I haven't seen this. More specifically, on how different types of drinks. Well, was, it, was, it, was this a, based on a piece of research? Or? Yeah, it's a paper. Oh. It was in a, a journal that I, I've heard come across called BMJ Open, a medical journal. Yeah, it's a, it's a reasonable journal. journal. I don't know whether it is, to be honest. Oh. I've seen this article. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've heard of it. It's not like one of these v- extremely obscure ones. Well, it was all over the news because it's one of those things that kind of makes sense to people travelling on the tube in London and things like that. Do you know what I mean? People, what, people so, like so you, the, Steve, the fiddling with their smartphones. Oh, look at this. I'll share it on Facebook. One of those sort of things. So the argument's basically like when I go out and I get drunk on whiskey, I feel a bit different if I go get drunk on beer. Yeah. Which is just purely anecdotal. Yeah. <laughs> and But somehow people like feel like they can be involved in yeah. scientific research. Yeah. So the general okay. thing is, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I never drink gin anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> If I drink gin, uh, I'm totally like lose it and I get really depressed. If I have yeah. to, just gin. Stella. Stella don't Stella. touch gin anymore. Yeah. And my response as a scientist is, you know, wanker. <laughs> okay. So, you know, but it's interesting. I didn't quite catch that. What was that? Mm, you wanker. <laughs> so, so, so I'm totally going to sample that. <laughs> We've got another in the club coming. But, um, yeah, so, um, which is fine. Okay, so th- that's a qu- there's a question for you. Okay. Right, that would be... M- Interesting but thing. That's, it's, a hyp- it's a totally testable hypothesis. Testable hypothesis. I agree with that. All right. Anyway, so there was some new stories about, oh, yeah, and they, they all kind of said something like, yeah, whiskey, spirits make you angry. Wine, red wine makes you tired. He's getting annoyed less. You know, mixers with spirits yeah. make you feel energetic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was what's the new scientist show. Proved. Scientists proved. The you know bloody what? obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and even the um, even the li- one of the art authors the on the article. So what's so what's the title of the paper? Oh my god, it's so long. I don't. Know. <laughs> it's that's also annoying the shit out of me. The length <laughs> of the title. I really do not like journal. Long titles, I long don't titles. like. I do not like long journal titles. Okay, you like to. Like, it should, you should. Ten boil words it down. or fewer. Oh, I agree with that. Ten yeah. words or fewer. This. So what? <laughs> this journal title is. Yeah. Um, do emotions related to alcohol consumption differ by alcohol type? Question mark. An international cross-sectional survey of emotions associated with alcohol consumption and influence on drink choice in different settings. That is way too long. It's stupid. Anyway, co-author Professor Mark Bellis, he commented on the of, findings. So of, he's quoted um, in of what? Well, what he's one of the co-authors on the article. Okay. I think he's at Cardiff. Okay. Oh, this is UK research. UK research. Oh, the lead author is actually at Kings. Okay. Uh, he said he commented on the findings for centuries. You know, he's not playing this down, mate. He says for centuries the history of rum, gin, vodka, and other spirits has been laced with violence. Wow! This global study suggests even today consuming spirits is more likely to result in feelings of aggression than other drinks. So, so it's not the pirates' fault. It's just because they were drinking rum. Yeah. So if, if we if we were giving pirates like you know wine back <laughs> back in the uh, 
in all the eighteen hundreds, we'd all be chi- we'd all be all chilled. Be like the world would be a nicer place. So I read things like this, and I saw the article, and I thought, well, this is great. This is interesting. What they've done is they've got a bunch of people, yeah, and they've made them different drink different things, and then they've somehow evaluated observed them move. or evaluated them okay. or something like that. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that that's, that's how I, what I, would I would think expect. that would be great. <laughs> have they done that? Have they? F- <laughs> Oh, really? So what have they done? It's a massive, there's a thing, there's a massive questionnaire. Uh-huh. Um, what's the name of it now? Oh, here we are. Here we are. It's called the Global Drug Survey. Okay. You can do it. And right. We won't do it now, but maybe I'll get you to do it. And sure. then we can look at our results uh, on a later podcast. Right. Or, and or what does it say? What's, it, what's the general point of the they Global Drug Survey? They ask you a bunch survey? of questions. And on, on the, uh, on, uh, in this particular one, yeah. they, did a, they did a survey and they looked... Um, uh, they used this to to ask people questionnaires. So they didn't even test what people... They they found out what people's preconceived ideas were about what the drink... So this is what they were actually doing. Wow. Is they were, into, is they were so looking flawed. at questionnaires and they were saying... So what this really tells you about, you it tells you about pe- public perception of what it does. It doesn't tell you anything about science. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really tell you anything. Okay, so basically people filling in a, a questionnaire and they just extracted the information from the questionnaire. Let's just have a look. Through. So I'll just quote you a bit from the method. Sorry, everybody. Do it. No, I like it. Anyway, it's a range of questions asked people to self-report what type of drinks they consume and which different emotions they associated with each different alcohol type. Oh, my God, it's that like, is not... What's what the control experiment? So basically they went, what happens when you... How do you feel when you drink whiskey? <laughs> you oh, get angry. <laughs> how do you feel when you drink gin? Oh, you'll never drink it anymore <laughs> because, oh, my God, I'm so, t- so depressed in the morning after... Yeah, emotions we include were both positive. So these were their categories. Energised, relaxed, sexy, confident. Sexy. Sexy. What's the most sexy drink? Oh, that's a good question, and I can't immediately bring uh, okay. up... Maybe there's a bit of information in a minute. Hang on a second. <laughs> Is there a pie chart? It strikes me as... Uh, for me, any, any research article that has a pie chart in means that they don't right. care about science. <laughs> there you go. Results indicated... I hate it when people say that as well. Results indicated. <laughs> the results are the results. They don't Do indicate the results, the results indicated... Yeah. They just say what it is. Do you know what I mean? I, del- when my students write results indicated, you get annoyed. You just cross I literally, it out with anger. I stand up from my desk. I throw <laughs> things against the wall. I pace yep. around, and then I come back, and I Very gently calmly, might so. write a polite comment in the margins. <laughs> they never <laughs> use that expression again. Oh, anyway, results indicated that respondents attributed different emotions to drinking different types of alcohol. Okay. Table one. Oh my god. There's so many tables, and it's just tables. <laughs> <laughs> really, d- it's awful. Right, I'll sh- I'll show you the p- the paper in a minute. Okay. Um, over half of all respondents associated drinking spirits with emotions of energy and confidence, and forty two point four percent reported that drinking spirits made them feel sexy. Wow. Yeah. What's so what's the control? What's the respondents were most likely to report feeling relaxed, fifty two point eight percent, when drinking red wine, although. Almost half of respondents also reported feeling relaxed when drinking beer. <laughs> so half of all respondents, <laughs> so we don't on, know. It goes on like that all So that is just through. terrible. Because like, what, what, who reviewed, you reviewed that and, not just, and did not know, just man. knock it out of the park right from the I start? I don't know. But then the other, what was the other thing that annoyed me about it? There was there's some quite funny, they, did, they looked at country by country as well. There's a lot of people and there's several tens of thousands of people in, in the survey. In the survey, okay. So the data is quite good strong. Stats, yeah. yeah. In that respect, for what it is, yeah, <laughs> which is difference in emotion were reported by response from different countries, 
<laughs> it's, it's almost stereotypical. It's totally stereotypical. Get this. With the, the French, the French loving wait, all the, sex, wait, the sexy, wait, sexy red wait, wine. Wait, with the highest <laughs> associated, okay. with the the French do do feature, but not in the way you expect. Okay. With the highest association with the positive emotions of feeling analysed, relaxed, and sexy, being in the South American sample of Colombia and Brazil. Oh, amazing. <laughs> For negative emotions, the country sampled with the strongest association with aggression when drinking alcohol was. Can you guess what this is? The United Kingdom. No. Um, uh, Russia. Uh, not far off. Um, it's one of the Baltic states. Yeah, it's, uh, Norway. Nor- oh, really? Okay, I wouldn't have got that. This wouldn't have got, wouldn't have I don't know, Scandies. I would have said Finland. It's uh, one right. of them, you know, dark, miserable countries, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and for feeling restless was France. Restless? Yeah, I don't get that, really. Oh, they're not playing maybe up the, the stereotypes. But maybe it's just the way the words translated. That was the other thing. <laughs> maybe the words, you know, there's, there's not no, total... So, so, it's the, so, so there's kind of sociological... Uh, you know, implications of how you even ask the question, let alone how you interpret the data. And this is the other thing that annoyed me. Respondents who were dependent on alcohol, so they got people to fill in, are you an alcoholic or similar, reported greater tendency to select any type of drink that listed emotions of aggression and tearfulness when drinking at home or when out. But that just means that, hang on a minute, if you're an alcoholic, (laughs) you're probably more likely (laughs) to be slightly down anyway when you select... Any, Any fucking drink. No one goes. No one's an alcoholic going. Do you know what? I, feel, well, I want to feel better today. I'll drink some gin. <laughs> like <laughs> anyway, um, I found this whole thing a bit dispiriting. It's not so much the paper because it's just a paper. Do you know what I mean? It's in BMJ Open. Yeah. It is what it is. It's not. You know, it doesn't. But it's been the been reason, hyped so it's much. All over the literature. You know what? All over it's the all news. All over the thing. It's obviously yeah. been press release. It's on the BBC death. website. It's on the BBC. Yeah, it's they on a hundred different news sources. And basically, it just is a in writing representation of, oh, yeah, I don't, you know what, I don't touch gin anymore because, you know what, gin makes me, you know what, it makes (laughs) me feel so depressed in the morning. I'll never touch it. That's what the paper is. It's a bloke (laughs) in the pub. Complaining. Do you you know what they might be doing, though? Maybe they're going to do the big switcheroo on you. Maybe the whole point of this paper is to evaluate people's perception upon publishing bad science. Maybe they're going to come out with another paper saying, we intentionally published something that was incorrect, but we knew it was divisive and it would get into the paper. So I still believe in in humanity, Nick, unlike yourself. No, I never have. Well, Steve, um... I'm I'm really keen on finding out about what happened in your history smashdown. Oh yeah, history smashdown. So we last talked about this. So for the so listeners, ago, the listeners, they we? would have just heard me talking about what I was going to do. Whereas, um, but we, but to me, I've jumped forward in time a few weeks. Yeah. How long ago was it? It's like about three weeks ago now. Uh, yeah, about that. Two or three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what do you want to know? Well, okay, so you All went right. to do History Smashdown, so I understood it to be a um, a kind of stand-up comedy thing yeah. where there were some people from different backgrounds um, competing to argue that their year was the best year in history. Exactly. And you did it on behalf of the whole of science. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, I did it on behalf of um, uh, chemistry, yeah. So what did you do? What year did you do? I did, oh God, I can't even remember the year now. Come on. It was seven, eight, uh, 1673, I think, was the year I did. Why did you pick that year? Um, I did it on um, uh, a hero of mine, Van Leeuwenhoek, who was an uh, early microscopist. Was he the first microscopist? Well, I mean, he's the first person, to, no, he wasn't definitely not the first, but he was the person credited with the discovery of bacteria. 
Um, and so when you think like of all of, so a lot of the kind of uh, things we know about, um, you know, uh, bacterial infection, that all has to come from people first finding out about that world. And so sometimes, so, and part of that is just being able to see it. So, so, so he was the first person to discover what he called animalcules. The term bacteria didn't even exist then. He had no. to call them something else. Um, and he got like really excited about it because he built, the reason he did that is because he built a machine, he built a microscope that was better than anything else in the world that allowed him to be able to see these things. And so he got to like, and uh, so he got to, so he, he was an experimental scientist even then, Nick. He went and like took scrapings of the uh, teeth of young men and young women and found that there were more animalcules from the teeth of old men, is what he wrote in his letters to the Royal Society. And he wasn't, he also wasn't part of the establishment. He was a cloth maker. He wasn't a proper scientist. He just liked dicking about with um, with optics. It's like an outsider. Exactly. That's why I like it. It's like a science hacker. So he's, exactly. But he sent all his, all his work to, to Robert Hooke, who was the big daddy, big dog, Professor, oh, yeah, yeah. Professor Big Balls. Yeah. Um, about, and you know, and the there's this kind of apocryphal tale where, where Van Leeuwenhoek wrote wrote this thing up, and he's like sent it to them in Dutch because the Royal Society was the uh, was the scientific body at the time. They had to translate it because no one at the Royal Society could speak Dutch. It gets to to Robert Hooke. Robert Hooke's like, oh, ah, who's this guy? I think he is like this this nobody. Think telling me how to do microscopy. Let me see if I can go see some some animalcules. So he goes down to so allegedly goes down to the Thames, and there's this kind of apocryphal story. He gets some water. He goes back, puts it on his microscope, gets lines it all, looks for it, looks down his microscope, can't see anything. Really? Can't see anything. And so he wrote at the time, I th I'm going to paraphrase this now, but it's along the lines of, uh, uh, I concluded that either um, that uh, my microscope was not so good as that the one he had use of, or that Holland might be more proper for production of such little creatures than England. Oh, right. It's like a bit <laughs> cutting, that, isn't it? Yeah, he's been a real prick. Reading between the lines. Yeah, he's been a real like, prick. Yeah, 350 yeah. years ago, just like, you, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, but anyway, he was right, and he ended up getting kind of... Um, uh, so yeah, he, eventually uh, Robert Hooke managed to um, uh, reproduce uh, Van Leeuwenhoek's results, and uh, they they kind of worked together. And became he big buddies. But became big buddies, and he also became he got the credit he deserved, which was he was the discoverer of bacteria. And if you think about it, so Dame Sally Davis, who's the um, chief medical officer, says that um, you know that antibiotics, on average, they they add about thirty years to the average human lifespan. It's such yeah. a big discovery, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And on some level. I'm not saying they're completely re responsible for it, but on some level, the reasons we know how and why antibiotics work is because we can see them. So, so, so Van, Van Leeuwenhoek's, on some level, I like to think, is adding years to people's lives because he, cause he cared about, like, building, yeah, building yeah. machines. So did you crack any jokes, Steve? Yeah, there was loads of jokes. So can you do one? <laughs> come on, tell me no, a joke. No, I'm not doing it. No, 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 You should have come. You should have come. Why, why not one joke? <laughs> Our listeners are waiting. They're all out there. They're thinking, no, I missed this comedy I, show too. I can Steve did a funny comedy show, and he's not even going to share a single joke with us. I uh, do you know what's interesting? I can tell you about some general things. Like everyone was really, it was really supportive. Um, I we had to, I had some slides to do. What I was talking. Did you have any jokes? There was jokes. Yeah, <laughs> people laughed. I went first. That's which that one joke. No, I'm not telling any jokes. <laughs> I'm telling, I'll tell you what it's like there. Everyone was really supportive. Everyone laughed where they should laugh and, and, and uh, you know, clapped. It's kind of weird because like, I give a lot of talks, right, which obviously aren't funny. But sometimes I try to put like a little bit of funniness yeah, in yeah. my talks. No one ever laughs. So you get a few sniggers. It's not right? easy to do, though, to be honest. No, it's not. But, like, but, but the thing is, if someone comes to a comedy show or like something that's purported to be entertaining... They kind of are a bit primed to laugh. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? They're expecting to do yeah, it. Yeah, and so like I was expecting it. To, so I got way more laughs than I was expecting. Mm. 
just because I'm used to giving talks in front of boring academic audiences that won't ever laugh because they're not not expecting to laugh. So it was it was a much better. The slide machine didn't quite work as well as I'd work, worked as I'd like, and the yeah, yeah. the PA system didn't work. Cut out a couple of times, but it was a bit clunky. Yeah. But it was kind of it was all the ramble. Just it was all part of the uh, experience, I suppose. Great. So, what was your favourite of all of the jokes that you delivered? <laughs> You're getting nothing out of me. Oh, you have to come. Actually, I think it might even be it might even be posted. You can probably listen to it. Anyway, I didn't even win. There was a, there were other people spoke from different disciplines. Uh, there was a historian there. Um, there was a geographer um, and an uh, archaeologist. Do you uh, think the result was fair, Steve? No, because I didn't win. <laughs> but it was so good. You're saying the other people weren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Who did win? Uh, it was a, a, a woman whose name I can't remember now. Who is a historian? She did a, she did a thing on the Berlin Wall. So she nineteen. Had, she had a joke. Nineteen eighty nine. So when it fell down. Yeah. Okay. She, she had a joke. She had David Hasselhoff though, so it was unfair. I didn't have David Hasselhoff. <laughs> I don't have the Hoff to be able to back up my science. Unfortunately, he wasn't around in sixteen seventy three. Mm, there's hoping though. All right. Okay. Well, well done for you doing that, Steve. I don't think I could do it. Well, you should. Mm, I'm sure there'll be sure. more in the future. Mm, maybe. It was generally a positive experience, I would yeah. say, considering yeah. how bad, terrible it could have been. <laughs> One thing I did do, which actually, so, so um, yeah, Steve Cross compared it. And uh, so, so before I was like, get him a slides, Nick. I was like, how am I going to do this? Well, I'm going to make it, I want to make it look science-y because I've, yeah. like, I've got to like stand out in front of the other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, so, so I made them all like black backgrounds because I think that works quite well at night. And I was like, do you know what? I'll put some sciencey stuff in the background. So I like put some chemical. I was going to put some chemistry in the background as a chemist. And I was like, so what do I pick? What chemistry do you pick? Do you know what I picked? Um, I put the uh, complete chemical synthesis of cocaine in the background. Oh, did anyone get it? No, but I told Steve Cross, and then he like used that as in like his comparing bit at the start, which was one of my jokes. <laughs> I was like, damn it! I haven't that's got many. He's like a professional comedian. He's got loads of jokes. Yeah, it? and I was just yeah. like, oh god. What a git. Yeah, what a git. Steve, I hate you. Steve, that's the end of another podcast. That's the end of another one. It was uh, nice to hear about your history smash down this week. Do you like that? Very nice. Also, do you know um, we need to tell the listeners about the uh, the, the answer to my pub quiz question? Um, oh yeah, remember? Yeah. So the it answer to my was pub quiz the was football one. The football, the football one with uh, a, an English club without the letters of the word macro in it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. The answer is Swindon Town. Town. Do you know why I remembered it? No. Because um, I, when I was a kid... Uh, O's and I's. So it's mackerel has got M and A, E, and then has it got any A in it, mackerel? Yeah. Yeah. So you just Mac need... M A. So you need vowels which are just O's and I's. So yeah. Swindon Town ticks exactly. those boxes. Yeah. What did I say? Yours was... Hull uh, City. You said Hull City, yeah. That's not a bad guess, though, it's is it? It's got L's in it, mackerel. I know, but it's the vowels I went for. Yeah. Do you see what I did there? I did, you and wrong. I. Do you, Do you know an interesting fact about Hull City? Go on then. It's the only club you can't colour in any letter. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Well, that could be another pub quiz question. <laughs> anyway, if people like pub quizzes or the Science Shed, how could they uh, interact with us, Nick? 
They could um, tweet us on Twitter. I'm at the I Evans Lab. You're on the Twitters. I am. We still haven't told them about the other football-related That's one. true. You're the Evans Lab. I'm uh, at Steve the Chemist. And then we also have the Science Shed Twitter, which is at Science Shed. A, B, C, D and E. Four football clubs. A, B, C, D and E. I don't know. I've got no idea. I'm never going to get this. Didn't we talk about this before? Yeah, we did, yeah. So um, one of them is very close to your heart. <laughs> is it Cambridge? I don't know, Brighton? Um, it can't be Cambridge United. What am I talking about? <laughs> that seems, that's insane. Really Cambridge good. United. <laughs> this isn't a very good answer. Oh, no, no, it is Cambridge it? United. No, because it's any club that has those five letters in them. ABC so Cambridge United. Oh, you, so United is good because it gives Cambridge you... Cambridge yeah. United. The other one is Wickham Wanderers. Right. And then in Scotland, you've got Clyde Bank, who are defunct now. Yeah. And um, Cowden Beath. Ah, Fascinating. Okay. Can't imagine Why are we talking about, about this? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was nice hearing from you all. No, sorry. It Wait. was nice talking to you all. <laughs> this is the worst outro ever. 